Welcome to another edition of Matt Sport House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. This past weekend, after some close games and some surprise blowouts, the NCAA men's basketball tournament is down to just four teams. Auburn, Virginia, Texas Tech, and Michigan State are the final teams that remain. They will compete in the Final Four this weekend in which Auburn will play Virginia first on Saturday and then Texas Tech will play Michigan State in the game that follows. The winners of these two games will face off in the National Championship Monday night. This past weekend, three of the usually dominant blue chip programs were knocked out, including Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Kentucky was beaten by Auburn, which will now send Auburn to their first Final Four appearance in school history. It's kind of dope because this year is only their second SEC championship in school history, and now they're going to the Final Four. Auburn seems to live and die by the three-pointer. They play a very fast game, a very fast-paced game, and also they are they play very tight on the ball defense. They're having to do all of this without one of their star players, Chumo Okiki, whose left leg buckled as he was heading to the basket in Auburn's blowout win versus North Carolina. It was announced that he tore his ACL, so his tournament is naturally over. Chumo at this point in the game had 20 points and 11 rebounds, and so this is a big loss for the team. The team had to rally around him and beat Kentucky in the next game. Uh, and this is really, it was a really tough competition, I know, at first for Auburn because the Kentucky was defending the three-point line really well, and that's kind of Auburn's bread and butter. But um, that Auburn made it work and they ended up coming out with the win. It's really been a really tough uh, year for Auburn. Well, not a tough year, but it's been a tough tournament for Auburn being that they had to beat UNC, which is the University of North Carolina, to Chapel Hill and Kentucky on their way to the Final Four. But they've been able to uh, put one foot in front of another and face adversity and deal with it and continue to uh, go on in the tournament. Speaking of Kentucky, there is a rumor going around that John Calipari is being offered a lifetime contract by Kentucky to fend off UCLA because UCLA wants John Calipari. I would kind of like to see John Calipari go to UCLA. It'd be something different. First of all, it'd be nicer to live in California than Kentucky. I mean, there ain't but so much to do in Kentucky. Also, like after you see a coach have a lot of success at one school for a long period of time, as John Calipari has had at Kentucky, getting guys to get to the league, such as John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, and other ones, a lot of first-round picks. Also, Anthony Davis. It's nice to see them go to different places and, you know, build another program. UCLA already has a rich history, so I'm getting, he really just be adding to it. Uh, one thing, though, about that John Calipari's had as a luxury at Kentucky is he private planes and they put a lot of money into that basketball program at Kentucky. So UCLA, if they're going to hire him, they have to understand that they're going to have to do some things different because UCLA, they've been all right. They've been staying above water as far as competitively, but they haven't been doing what Kentucky's been doing. And so I don't know if they're yet really willing or really know what it's all it's going to take to create a program like Kentucky has currently. Because like I said, UCLA has really good basketball history. A little interesting fact about uh, UCLA basketball, though, they really needed Lonzo to come in. When Lonzo, the year before Lonzo got there, which was, that was the 2015 season, they were 15 and 17. The head coach is about to be fired. Lonzo comes in there the next year, which is 2016 year. They went 31 and five. I think they went to the Sweet 16 before getting actually knocked out by Kentucky, ironically enough. And then the following year, they lost 12 games. So Lonzo Ball is definitely a legend in the UCLA basketball program by what he was able to do 
in one year. He came in, um, the seniors and the older guys on the team, I guess they realized how great of a leader he was, how good of a player he was. And so they went ahead and they gave him almost like the keys to the city. And they're like, let's get it done. And they had a great run. So, so in other words, Lonzo's a legend at UCLA, believe it or not. So the ball, although now the um, UCLA wants nothing to do with the ball family. At one point in time, he was really the guy that was getting people to sit, um, really getting people to fill up the stands. As a matter of fact, I, if you go on YouTube and watch the clips of Lonzo, you can see how well, Lonzo at UCLA, you can see how at the beginning of the year, nobody was showing up to the game because they were expecting it to be another down year under, I think the head coach name was John Alfred. And as the season progressed, they just kept on winning. So that was a great time to be a UCLA Bruin. But now they're trying to get that back by hiring John Calipari. It'll be interesting to see if it happens. So stay tuned. I'll give you the updates. Okay, and don't think we're not going to talk about Duke getting kicked out of the NCAA tournament. Uh, this is going to be kind of bad for the NCAA, I think, in my opinion, because now uh, ratings probably will go down because a lot of people were really just wanting to watch it to see what Zion could do. And since Zion's out of it, it's, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of it for some people. But, you know, March Madden is very popular, so I'm sure some people, and like I said, the majority of people will continue watching. Duke was beat by Michigan State with the final score 68 to 67. The Blue Devils, rook, the, their luck ran out. They have been kind of running into a lot of luck with the last second shots being mixed, missed. But Michigan State was a really good team that they ran into, and that, that just didn't work out for them this time. The Another thing about this for the NCAA, they will no longer be uh, profiting off of Zion's name. I mean, obviously, they're going to have their highlight films, things of that nature, but he won't be lining up anymore in the NCAA um, as a basketball player. Next, ne next, uh, The next thing that is up is, you know, the NBA. Uh, you know, now he's about to go ahead and prepare for the NBA draft. It was a really great time. I mean, you know, every year they get blue chip guys, but it was a really great time to be a Blue Devil, uh, going to the game, see Zion play above the rim, RJ Barrett and these guys. So now these guys will move on to make room for the guys they recruit, the guys they're recruiting currently to come in and make names for themselves on the under the Blue Devil name. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the moves that are about to happen with this team, such as the R, obviously, you have R.J. Barrett and Zion who are going pro. But some of the other guys on the team who are maybe on the line a little bit where they'll go ahead and go or they'll come back for another year. Also, I think a lot of the, something that a lot of people are sleeping on is where Zion will sign as far as the agency. I feel like a lot of guys are signing with Rich Paul. You know, Rich Paul, he has clutch sports. He's one of LeBron's friends, and they kind of built that thing together. And he's all about, you know, the player empowerment. So I would love to see, and, and he's, you know, he's an African-American guy who can really connect with other African-American athletes. So it'll be interesting to see if Zion signs with Clutch Sports and also with the shoe thing. Because I don't know if you all remember, Duke was playing against North Carolina. The Nike shoe exploded. Zion was out for a couple weeks. Now Duke has a Nike deal with, Duke has a contract with Nike, so their athletes have to wear Nike, but now this Zion will be a pro here very shortly. I don't know if he'll sign with Nike, he might sign with Adidas. Adidas seems to be all about creativity. Nike is, you know, the big name, but Adidas is all about creativity. You have Under Armour, Under Armour's, Steph Curry's really helped that brand out. There's another athlete I can't think of right now who's with Under Armour as well. I know a lot of football guys. But Puma, people are sleeping on Puma. Don't sleep on Puma because Jay-Z, if I'm not mistaken, is he's definitely, I just got to make sure I get this position right, the, the creative director over basketball operations. 
And so that's why the Meek Mill re- the Meek Mill reform shoe came out under Jay Z, and he's getting a lot of big time uh, basketball players to, to sign with Puma. So Puma's making a slow come up, and also if you're a student out there, Puma gives students ten percent discounts on all athletic wear type stuff. Well, I mean, I think all they do is athletic wear, but on their website, ten percent off for students. So. Puma's got something going. They'd be interested to see if Zion like listens to them and maybe they might even be able to get him to sign. Okay, but enough about Duke and they because they lost. Michigan State. Michigan State, by the way, is the school that Magic Johnson went to. But they played some really good basketball. Their head coaches, whenever they beat Duke, and I mean obviously all season. Uh their head coach is Tom Izzo. Some people don't like him. He was all over Twitter whenever he was like yelling at that player. But you know, when guys signed to go to Michigan State. I like to believe that you go on YouTube and you go, you maybe uh, search the coach's name. So you know what Tom Izzo is about before you come. I like to believe he's getting the best out of his players. He's not just doing it just because. He's getting he's doing it to get the best out of you. That's why they're still, you know, in the tournament. I like to think one of the players that's going to be a very key player for Michigan State in this Final Four and if they make the national championship is going to be number 20, Matt McQuad. He's a guard. He's a, he played very well against Duke. I think he's been playing well throughout the season. He hasn't been averaging I think his average is around 10 points a game. But he's a solid player for them. And also, I think their blue chip is Cassius Winston. He is averaging about 19 points a game and nearly eight assists. And he's kind of like the anchor of the team. Also, Virginia is still is you know Virginia remains in the tournament, and it's actually quite a surprise because usually every year Virginia starts off high seed, gets blown out or not blown out, just beaten early on in the tournament. But this year they've actually lived up to the expectations, so it's an exciting time right now to be a Cavalier. They are actually the only team remaining from the ACC, and I'm definitely, I will definitely be looking forward to watching them try to knock off Auburn and punch their ticket to the national championship game. Lastly, Texas Tech is looking. To, Texas Tech Red Raiders are looking to take care of business this weekend, and if they can win this weekend, they'll uh, play the national championship game, and and hopefully they'll be the first Big 12 team, the big, the first Big 12 team to win at a men's national championship in basketball since Kansas 2008. Now, that may seem close to you uh, like a long way, long time ago. Maybe it feels recent to you, but let me put it into perspective for you. Derek, back whenever they won that championship, Derrick Rose was the star player for Memphis. So let that sit in. That was a little while ago. Derrick Rose has been through multiple injuries in the NBA, almost quit, met a lot of metal plates and stuff. But at this time, he was just a college kid. So this was before all that happened. So that's been a little while. Be interested to see if Texas Tech can uh, knock off the team and head, head to the national championship game. Now, on another note, to completely leave the basketball subject, and this is one of the final the things of this show, the Gronkowski is retiring this season. Tom Brady keeps hoping that he's going to get him back, but Gronk has had a lot of injuries, so I think this might be it for him. But with that being said, it kind of leaves the throne open for the best tight end in football. The options, and it's actually been a question that's been going around the news cycle: who's the best tight end in foot? Who's the best tight end in football right now in the NFL? The options are Travis Kelsey, you know, or Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs, Zach Ertz from the Philadelphia Eagles, or George Kittle from the 49ers. Kittle, George Kittle is definitely the most slept on. A lot of people don't know him. Maybe it's because he's on the West Coast. Maybe because he's not, he can catch the ball as his um, stats were last season were 88 receptions for 1,300 
377 yards and five touchdowns, but he's actually an exceptional blocker. He come from Iowa, the University of Iowa. You know, they're big in blocking in the Big Ten. But he's under the radar. He's kind of new. He's, I mean, he's 25, but he's new to, as far as being one of the best tight ends in the league because he hasn't really been doing this for that long as far as being really great in the, in the NFL. Then you have the Zach Ertz, who has 116 receptions last season uh, with 1,163 yards eight tu- and eight touchdowns. Uh, I'm kind of in on out with Ertz. Ertz is a great receiver. I mean, a great tight end. He's almost like a receiver. He runs uh, pretty good routes. Um, I don't think he's a, he doesn't blocks as much. But Carson Wentz looks to throw it to him like all the time. He's his first and sometimes seems like second option too. I mean, now it's going to be a little different now they have Deshaun Jackson and the rest of the guys there. But I don't know. He's more of a receiver to me. And then you have Travis Kels, who has 103. He plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, as I said before. He had 103 receptions last season for 1,136 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's on a very explosive offense with Tyreek Hill, Conley, Sammy Watkins. I mean, he's on extremely, and you know, as we know, the uh, last season MVP, Patrick Mahomes. So, personally, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and say Travis Kelsey. I think Travis Kelsey has either four or five at 1,000 yard receiving years back to back. So, he's super consistent. The other guys are coming along now, a little bit newer. So, I like to say that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football, but let me know what you all think. Uh, that's been it. That's it for this episode of Matt Sport House. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Matt the Chosen One. Let me know what you think or let me want to know what you want to see in next week's episode. All right, see you next week.